Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I'm your host, Perry. With me, as always, is my co-host, Eric, the Whiskey Mutant Smith. Uh, did you know my money don't jingle jingle? It folds. It's a fold. <laughs> I want to see you wiggle wiggle. For sure. It makes me want to dribble dribble. You know? <laughs> You're going to go through the whole thing, aren't you? I don't know. Not anymore? <laughs> That's been a fun little trend. I've enjoyed some of those videos. I just love the whole concept of that where they just took... He was like a, a guy that did documentaries and like he was... They were like, did you I don't ever... know. I don't know the background on it. So he was being interviewed. This guy is like a... Very early tips and bits. Yeah. He was being... He's a document... Documentarian? Is that how you say it? I have no idea. I don't know. He I makes think I documentaries. And he made one... There was one about... <laughs> rap and the girl goes do you remember any of the the artists or the songs you talked about and he just said yeah and he started saying that and he just said it normal you know my money don't jingle yeah. jingle it folds yeah want, and but somebody took it and auto-tuned it yeah to make yeah. it to a song and then they brought him into the studio and they re-recorded it and oh, he really? did a whole thing yeah it sounds like a deposition like it sounds like it sounds like somebody who has been arrested <laughs> And they're trying to get information. Money they're- don't jingle jiggle. It folds. I want to see a wiggle wiggle for sure. It makes me want to jiggle. You know, right in my feet or something like that. Red, red wine. <laughs> red, red wine. <laughs> well, if you're here for the first time, welcome. <laughs> this is a heck of an introduction for you. Uh, if you're if you're listening to the show and you haven't done so yet, please leave us a five star rating and review. In your podcast app of choice, we normally read the reviews out from those that are on the Apple Podcast app. We've got a new one this week. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're watching this on YouTube, hello, I'm being very direct towards the camera right now, and it's making me uncomfortable. So I'm going to direct my attention back towards Eric. <laughs> there are two cameras. There are two cameras, which I came to the realization of that we could, that, that would be you know a good way for us to like record a podcast two people, two cameras. with video. If we had multiple cameras. One cup. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, sorry. That's a that that brings oh, back Oh, this is a bourbon podcast. One Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh huh? we're losing we're losing people. Sorry. Even before I told them about Patreon. Don't leave. <laughs> Please. It's where you can support the show. It's patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month. For as little as five dollars a month, you get bonus content. Um, I think that's it though. Live show. Live, live show is next week. Live show oh is next week. The live show we're is next week. We're still figuring with, things out with, as we speak. But the thing like I mean, but this is a particular thing that we had to do like closer to the time. Right. right. I mean, like we're trying to figure out the food for it. For the actual show. Um, Y'all like Crab Rangoon? I love Crab Rangoon. I do, too. I, but I think does, I'm definitely circling that one. <laughs> do enough people like it, though? I don't know. It's our show. Yeah, you're right. So, if you want to come to the live show, it is next weekend, Memorial Day weekend, the 28th, that Saturday. You can get tickets for it in the description below. We are completely sold out of the all-in package, which I'm super excited about. And the last person to buy a ticket was Jeff Wack. The Wack Zach attack Morris. himself. Yes. Himself. Zach, Wack Zach Morris. Yeah. Wack Morris. I got there eventually. Huh? <laughs> Kill John Lennon. 
Butters, John Lennon's dead. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so we've still got plenty of tickets left for the actual show. Um, it's, it's the two of us, Jason from the Mash and Drum, Chad from My Daily Bourbon, and running around with their antics and wireless microphones, it's yeah, David and Kira from WhiskeyChannel.com. Our, our group chat's like, hey, turds, your wireless mics are here. And I go, what the hell? <laughs> Well, so I didn't know about this. Yeah, we're we're. I don't want to ruin too much of that surprise. I'll tell you, maybe, maybe off air. Maybe I just won't be surprised, honestly. No, I'll tell you. I have no problem telling you. I just don't want the surprise to be ruined. Oh, for I don't everybody want anybody who's... else to be ruined. I, you know, I'm not the guy that wants anything spoiled. I don't even watch trailers. If you would have made a trailer for our own live show, I wouldn't have watched it, <laughs> even if I was in it. That thought is really, really funny to me. <laughs> I don't even know what the movie's about. Uh, I, I was in it. I was in it. I, I don't want to be so spoiled. <laughs> I smoked so much that I didn't even know what was happening. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, I'm Robin uh, Williams. Right <laughs> oh. Anyway. Um, but yeah, the, the link for all that's in the description. You can still buy hotel rooms to come and hang with us. Um, shirts are available for it too. Bourbonshop.threadless.com. Uh, let me know if you're going to be coming in early and you would like to ship your shirt to Kentucky as opposed to your home address because, uh, we live in Lexington. That's true. And if you're here early, uh, you're going to miss it. It's true. So I think that's it for the preamble. My wife is texting me. Ooh. Well, it's election day. Oh. <laughs> Unless you find politics. No. Sexy. That's a good way to just kill the mood. Block it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I hope you voted though. I hope you I hope you voted. Lucy, you gotta stop texting me. I don't know what to do with my phone. The thing is, I have it set so where if my phone's on Do Not Disturb, I can still get notifications for her because right. it's, she's like somebody that it's I should. Yeah. Exactly. She's important to but, you. But like, I can't just put my phone on Do Not Disturb while we're doing a podcast so yeah. that it eliminates distraction. I, I still get distracted because she's still texting me and I still get the notifications and everything. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to cover. Things is happening. Eric, we got flying blind this week, right? Yes, close your eyes. <laughs> hey, fix, rinse out a cup, a glass, a glen, whatever you a call cup. it. I've, I've said lids. I've said cups. I've, he, said, he said clicker. said clicker. I've not used any any good terms. You know, now that we're, we're also recording the video, I just realized I can't look at my computer to look yeah, away from you. No. I've got to look at I've got to look at my garden tools. This is something... That neither one of us have had. Oh. It's a new product. I don't know if it's limited. It may go away. Huh. Are you showing the camera as well? Not yet. Will you? I will. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a screw top, so I got to... This adds a level of mystery <laughs> to anybody who's listening to the audio version. I mean, I've seen this a couple of times, and I was like, we have to try this. Okay. And I want to like do like... But just a quick review of it. Okay. You just want to do like the full nose palette finish and price? Just a quick one. We okay. don't have I mean, to that's take fine. Too much that's time. fine. That's fine. The color on it is crazy. Also, if you want to watch the video version, head to youtube.com slash this is my bourbon podcast. And uh, that's where you can watch us be Here you go. ridiculous idiots. Whoa. <laughs> no, no. What? Is this a cocktail? 
Maybe. It's a cocktail. It, it is a cocktail of some sort. Who's to say? Is this like a like a bottled Manhattan? Kinda. Is it or is it not? It's cold, so it has to be a cocktail. Yeah, I got it out of the fridge. <laughs> this isn't the on the rocks Manhattan, is it? No, I don't know. I would have to look at the brand. I just saw it and just Okay, well, okay, sorry. It doesn't have a screw top, so it It does have a screw top. No, no, no. I'm saying the on the anyway. Doesn't matter. Jerk. Oh, there it is. You jerk. It's the Mountain Dew Flaming Hot, isn't it? <laughs> you absolute. <laughs> Fly I'm loud, baby. <laughs> I can't believe I ruined a Glen Karen with that. You didn't ruin it. You can wash it out. I can't believe I'm nosing this like it's an actual it bourbon. It smells like flaming hot, but it does not taste like flaming no, hot. No, it's not. It's not flaming hot at all. It has a little bit on the back end. <laughs> I wasn't getting much of it. I got a little bit. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> I get a little bit on the back end. It's this, okay. It's yeah, more uh, Mountain Dew than anything. Yeah, it, it hits me like right in the back of the throat. It. This is very deceiving. That's though. what she said. Mm. Flaming hot taste caution. There's nothing cautious. There's about nothing this. cautious about this at all. This isn't even like. I, there, I don't know. You have a wild turkey 101 sitting close by. I have rare breed. Okay. <laughs> Let's pour a little bit in that. Let's we, pour a little bit. We that. have lost our minds. What are we doing? My money don't jiggle, jiggle. Hit pose. <laughs> oh, man. What if this is amazing? What if we? What if this is it? I. I don't know. <laughs> what if this is it? This is it. Like this is the thing that makes us in the podcast because there's nowhere to go from up. Nowhere. We can't go up from here. I don't. I. I don't hate this. I can't believe we're drinking this out of Glen Cairns. No! Don't make that face at me. Like it's the. Ch it changes our world. <laughs> it's good. Dang it. I told you. This is good. One to one. Mountain Dew okay. Flamin' Hot. I went, a little, I went a little bit heavier with the the Flamin' Hot. Okay. Mountain Dew. Two to one. This is good. <laughs> Every day, we get a little bit further and further away from God. <laughs> <laughs> We're farther away from the sun. <laughs> We make one more decision. <laughs> um, yeah, we might have to end the podcast now. <laughs> That's <coughs> at least it's not <coughs> code red. <coughs> I'm fine. <coughs> Man, the heat comes out. It comes out more with the whiskey in yeah. it. Yeah, I like it. <coughs> it's. <coughs> I think you broke me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fourth or fifth time you've said that on the podcast. Yeah, that's, that's true. You broke me. I'm sorry. Anyway. Eric, what have you been drinking recently? I'm going to be drinking this. Um, I'm done. I can't drink any more. Like, I, I, I'll, I'll finish my little sample in my Glencairn. 
This is it. Um, it's a cocktail of sorts. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> of sorts. It's Cheetos and Mountain Dew. What kind of cock? You know, cocktail. <laughs> just, just tell me what you've been drinking. Uh, I can't do this. Man, I picked up a. Um, before uh, I went out of town this past weekend for a volleyball tournament, <laughs> and uh, I picked up a uh, a little three seven five of Jack Daniel's Barrel Proof, and it was so good. And I just want more Jack Daniel's Barrel Proof, and I paired it with a Insomnia cookie that was uh, chocolate chunk and uh, peanut butter cup. And it was fantastic. It's making me sweat. <laughs> <laughs> There's the heat. It's not Turn on the heat. Heat, heat. <laughs> Turn up the oh, heat. Oh, yeah. It's not that it's like overly hot. I think my body's just rejecting the fact that I'm drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> I haven't had Mountain Dew since I was in like high school. We're Mountain Dudes. <laughs> Gotta climb that mountain, dude. Oh, and I also had a... Um, I honestly was not listening to it, a single word that you said before that, so just move on. Fuck. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was dealing with the fact that I just shot Mountain Dew and Rare Breed. You didn't just shoot it. You sipped it, and you smelled it. No. I had about two ounces left in this glass. Yeah, but you took a sip first, and you were like, oh, yeah. That's pretty good. But... I had a Jack Daniels barrel proof. Yes. 375. I got a couple of those floating around right yes, now. Yes, I looked at the picture you sent me and it was a different proof, so Oh really? Yes. What's the date? Uh I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No. Um, but it paired so good with a chocolate and peanut butter cookie. Okay. That sounds awesome. Yeah. You know what we should try it with is the uh the peanut butter pie. Oh. Peanut butter cream pie? Yeah. Whatever. Um, and I had one of those, uh, I saw it sitting over there, the bourbon uh, cherry colas. Oh, the bourbonola? Yeah, those are good. It's really good. I can only have about one, though. Well, that's all like, you I need. Was, yeah, because I was kind of hoping that maybe it would be like a good beach drink or something. I think if you if you sipped on it long enough, it would be, because it's like 12%, right? Oh my gosh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then yeah, it'll last you a long enough time. Yeah, exactly. That's your starter. So yeah, that's what do you, I had. Do you like... If you're going to the pool or the beach, do you like bourbon with it? Does it bother you that it's like warmer outside? Yeah. No, I like I like to have a starter, <laughs> like a cold starter. We definitely talked about this when you first came on the podcast. I, so. I like a cold starter, and then I'll switch to just sipping on a little bourbon. And no, I don't put it in ice or any of that stuff. Like I just have a cold starter, and then I sip on some bourbon. There you go. Um, I have had quite the adventure with uh, picking up bottles recently. I did something I have never done before. Uh, and I did it purely because it was available to me, and I figured, you know, I may as well grab it. I bought a bottle of Smoke Wagon Uncut Unfiltered. I didn't even know about this one. Well, because I was going to blind you with it today, and I just kind of... Oh, we kind of I kind of forgot. I don't want to I don't want to do any more blinds. 
Not right now. I've officially been <laughs> my job title of preparing uh, the blinds has been taken away. No, I mean you're you're still you're still you're still a part Have of you it. Open the smoke wagon yet? Yeah. Do you want some? Of course. <laughs> Was that in town? Yeah. Total wine. It was sitting on the shelf. There were there was uh, the small batch and something. It's got that yellow label on it. I think it's a clear bottle. Um, it might be the baby uncut, unfiltered, or whatever it's called. Uncut, unfiltered junior, whatever. Um, man, I can't believe they're already at batch 142. <laughs> and then there's a six. Or is that a B? That's a B. 142 B. I have like a batch 30. Jeez. Yeah. He's doing a lot of work then. That's crazy. If that's the case. Um, Best Instagram marketing. Oh, he's hilarious. He's so good. <laughs> I got that. We got sent the new Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Can't wait to try that. Are we going to do a bonus episode of that? We're going to put it on May. Yes. Yeah. We're going to do a bonus episode of the Larceny B522 and the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof B522. Um, we should do a bonus of the Jack Daniels stuff, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no reason for us not to. Yeah. That way, we're getting more content out for you people, content. too. Content. I don't know if it's going to be a video. It might be a video. Who knows? Who's to say? I, not me. I can't say. Mm. I don't know. I know that I've had other stuff, but it's been a really long couple of weeks, and I'm just exhausted. Um, I found a couple of bottles of Knob Creek Cast Strength, 12-year. Crazy. Crazy. Just sitting there. And I was like, and I grabbed one. And I was like, well, I can't let the other one just so go to waste. So I grabbed both of them. Makes sense. Uh, I regret doing that. Now it's on video. <laughs> We shouldn't have done video. <laughs> you got the idea. Yeah, I have to edit all this too. Yeah, now. that's true. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's about it for for what I've been drinking. You want to go to some uh, some some news? Let's do some news. Let's do a little bit of news. We don't have a lot of news. We got some news. We have to talk about James B. Beam, Stilling Company, opening a new a new experience for people. Uh, it's called the Homestead Experience. Uh, it's going to be in Claremont, it looks like. Am I incorrect with that? I don't know. We're going to find out together. Uh, but <laughs> during this event, it was revealed that Freddie No is going to be the new master distiller at Jim Beam. I have not heard officially... One way or another, one way or another, excuse me. If he is going to be the sole master distiller, or if he's going to be a co-master distiller with his father Fred, now so it's like a Eddie and Jimmy type thing. It kind of seems like that. I I feel like that's going to be the the way that they go for a little while. But um, <laughs> more Jim Beam. Yeah, you know, yeah. maybe this gives us the opportunity in a, in a few years um, to have higher aged Knob Creek 
again. You know, I would love that. I just love, like I said this on the podcast a few weeks ago, but we, uh, me and the kids and April, the family. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I just didn't say the family, but we went to Jim Beam and had dinner, and it's just such a cool place. I, I'm gonna be coming back up from Franklin and Nashville, Tennessee. This weekend, and my goal is to swing by Jim Beam, run into the uh, the restaurant, and grab one of those bottles. I was going to say, go to the restaurant because they have the single barrels in the restaurant. I'm not. Do you have to eat there to grab one of the bottles? I doubt it because okay, they have a little good. section. You can just go up, and you, they have like glasses you can buy and stuff like that. So. Yeah, but if you have time, food is amazing there too. I don't. I don't have time. <laughs> Grab it to go. I wish. Well, but either way, I think I'm you also, can just I'm walk also in. driving the bus back. So, distilledexperiences.com. Yeah. A uh, few uh, congratulations to Freddie. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Fantastic. A uh, few new releases that we're going to talk about before we get to the TTB labels. Chicken Cock Island Rooster. Is that the one from Moana? It's a. <laughs> Do you know that little chicken? I do know that little chicken. I love him. He's hysterical. So good. I, I, you know those weird little side characters that everybody's like, I can't believe it. Like, between him and Babu Frick. Oh, yeah. Baba. Anyway, no, this is going to be 95 proof, $200. It's a finished rye uh, from Kentucky. And there's going to be a limit of 6000 bottles it's a 95.5 rye finished in caribbean rum casks for at least six months nice american highway reserve has a new batch coming out this is called route 2 98 proof 100 uh, about sixty thousand bottles from kentucky and georgia you got to try batch one I did. right or route one or, or whatever yeah got a um, total wine uh, sample yeah i you thought it was pretty okay yeah Right? I'd like to try batch two. Yeah. Uh, it's 20, 27% four-year-old Kentucky bourbon. Uh, 7% 12-year-old Kentucky bourbon. 66% eight-year-old Georgia bourbon. Georgia. Georgia. Different mash bills. Um, Aged on the road, right? <gasps> it's got it's got Heaven Hill bourbon in it. The 12-year-old? Really? 78 corn, 10 rye, 12 malted barley. That's that's their bourbon mash bill. Yeah, I'd like to try that. I'm okay with that. I wonder if that's the same as batch one. I have no idea. We'll find out. This looks like a new uh, whiskey to me. Could be different. Uh, but Brush Creek Railroad Rye Boxcar 1? Is it aged on a railroad? Let's find out. Uh, straight rye from Indiana, 104 proof, $130. Oh, my gosh. For a non-age stated MGP rye, 3,000 bottles, California, Colorado, Florida, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, New York, Texas, and Wyoming. Uh, last year, 80 barrels of Indiana-made rye whiskey were transported, here we go, from the distillery in Lawrenceburg to Chicago, where they were loaded onto a 60-foot Union Pacific boxcar. The barrels traveled more than 1,200 miles to Brush Creek Distillery in Wyoming. The journey was made in the blah, 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 blah. 
12 of the barrels varying in age between four and seven years old and two mash bills were selected for this inaugural inaugural. I cannot, I, I have never been able to say inaugural right on the first try. First. Just say first. First. Uh, for this inaugural release of Railroad Rye, referred to as Boxcar One, Brush Creek intends to offer this expression annually with subsequent bottlings having a different mash bill proof and historic focus. Um, okay. Catoctin Creek has another barrel select hot honey, which we got to find that sample. It's around here somewhere from Please. Jordan Ferguson. Sorry, Jordan. Um, I, I know it's here. I'll somewhere. find it, Jordan. We'll find it. Uh, 82 proof, $45, uh, available. Well, at 350 bottles, it doesn't say where. Uh, a couple of TTB labels. <clears throat> Shall we? Yeah. Yeah. You don't sound too excited. I don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> I'm excited. I get excited about new releases unlike somebody else. Yellowstone has uh, filed for a toasted barrel mm. bourbon. 100 proof, finished in toasted casks. Uh, it's a single barrel as well. Uh, I am all about that. Speaking of finished bourbons, the Woodford Reserve Honey Barrel Finish. Do you want to take a guess of the proof? 90. 90.4. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A blend of Woodford Reserve bourbon whiskey finished in honey barrels and straight Woodford Reserve bourbon whiskey. Um, I think this might be the first product from Woodford that I've been excited about in a long while. I wonder where they got the honey barrels from. Does it say? Uh-oh. No. Somewhere local around here, you think? I, I, I would hope so. I hope so. <clears throat> I would hope that it would be, uh, it would be local. That does it for the TTB labels. I'm I'm glad to see Woodford doing something a little different. Something different. Yeah, I agree. Eric. What's up? Hey. How you doing? I'm fine. We're out in the middle of nowhere in Nicholasville, Kentucky. I know. I've never sat at this table before. <laughs> <laughs> you say that like I have. <laughs> you brought me here. I did bring you here. I asked if you... Anyway, uh, we are super happy to sit down with uh, Matt from EJ Curly and Paul as well, who's doing the tour stuff for EJ Curly. Uh, this has been kind of a quick turnaround in terms of us figuring out <laughs> the, the nature, I guess, of this relationship with you guys, because we tried one of the single barrels that you all had. Uh, on the show and I was enamored with it and Eric was like I just picked it up because I had no idea what it was going to be like and now we're just kind of here after a few weeks of like fumbling for a <laughs> for lack of a better word and stumbling into it but guys thank yeah. you for being here hey our our pleasure yeah absolutely thanks, thanks for allowing us into your beautiful house by the way too thanks so I, uh, nice out here I'm glad you guys had a Happy discovery yeah, <laughs> at the single barrel. So yeah, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the brand itself, and um, I, I especially want to give you the opportunity to talk to uh, the the history of EJ Curley and how the the product itself came to be, not just in the form of the single barrel or the single barrels that you've had, uh, but the small batch as well, because we haven't even tried the small batch yet. It was there. And I, I saw that proof on the single barrel, and I was like, I'm picking up this. We're proof, we're proof hounds. Yeah, so. That's how it goes. But it's definitely yeah. next in line. Well, good. I've got a bottle of it here, so I'll open it up, and we can 
Yeah, wow. that'd be great. We can try nice. it live. Oh. All right. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, tell us about uh, EJ Curley. Tell us about how you kind of came into uh, this this brand in particular. Sure. Um, I was hunting around the bourbon business and was very interested in finding something that was unique but also true and reflected ideas that I and Paul and others have about how to live. And I think that when we started to dig into E.J. Curley's history, and, and Paul helped uncover a lot of this, actually, it was... Um, it was profound what he was able to do in the 1800s here in Kentucky. And you couldn't find a better example of courage and integrity, which is on the bottle. Um, because of that, we started to go deeper into the history and, and discover who, who was this guy. And we were certainly ready to uncover some awful tidbit or fact, <laughs> you know. We that's were, that's we, the risk you run. We, yeah, we were totally <laughs> waiting to walk around the corner and find this. Yeah. yeah. Scary <laughs> view. But it hasn't happened yet. Knock on wood, you know, maybe it will. But uh, yeah, we've just found like a really, a really cool, true story in the bourbon business. And it was a, a heritage bourbon distillery that started in 1867. And at one point went out of business. It looked like he declared bankruptcy as most of them did about 10 years later. Yeah. And then uh, relaunched and ran continuously through uh, until Prohibition, and he died two years after that. And he, oh, had, wow. he had left Kentucky uh, in, the, in the early 19 aughts, as they say. Yeah. yeah. This is, I think this is the question that we always kind of have on our, on our minds anytime that like a, a pre-prohibition distillery gets brought up, but does any of that product still exist in any form? Like what he, what he distilled? Yeah. Uh, there are some bottles out there that he distilled. They continued to have his name on, wow. um, distilled by EJ Curley. So, cool. so by his company. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, a lot of that, that you do find that's out there was bottled during prohibition and, right. and distributed by the American medicinal spirits company. Sure. So this was one of the, uh, stashes of bourbon that had been created, um, that kept being distributed throughout prohibition. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And there's, um, the history of, of the distillery really just goes back to camp Nelson in general. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about camp Nelson. Cause you're, I mean, a hop, skip and a jump away. <laughs> from a very historic <laughs> set of rickhouses. It is, yeah. Yeah, those rickhouses represent something interesting that I just discovered recently, which is because they're in existence and they're full of wild turkey and they're not affiliated with E.J. Curley any longer and yeah. haven't been for a long time. But because they're in existence and have a DSP, <laughs> I think it's DSP 67 is what's on the I gate. I think that's right, yeah that that makes this the longest that I know of continually running distilling operation. Wow. They're not, we're not distilling, but, um, well, sure. Distillery yeah. operation from, yeah. Yeah. From the, from just after the civil war, because it's connected, um, by history, uh, legally we're not, we don't own them. Um, they're not ours. And so it's a different, 
there's a wrinkle in there. But it's curious <laughs> that it exists, it's connected, and they're still storing. There's probably 160,000 barrels up there, just up the hill from us right now. Have you have you gotten the chance just to go and like kind of look at those grounds and everything and just kind of touch on that? Because I just want to like go and see and I just, just feel like explore over there. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I'm just... what's in this yeah. recast? I mean, I turn into a kid when like anytime I go to like a distillery or any or grounds and there's recasts, like I turn into a kid. I'm like, I want to start sneaking into this place and like doing <laughs> stuff. You know? I have not for the record, but that's what it is. Those like, you see them and you just you turn into like you're just curious. You just want to know what's in there. So it's, it was awesome driving up here and just driving past them. I loved it. There's, there's something to be said too about the curiosity of what can you do when you're building a, a brand like that as well. And I mean, just the excitement with, you know, dis- despite the fact that there might be something that you're kind of using as like the backbone behind what you're building, you're still, you know, taking on that, that energy and that excitement and in a lot of ways that risk in creating something new for a market that is as vast as the bourbon market right now. It is. It's a, it's definitely a crowded space, the crowded shelves, and there's no shortage of, um, celebrity attachment or, or any sort of, I don't think they're all gimmicks, but a lot of gimmickry to, move try to move product yeah try to create something that will catch someone's eye and i feel like curly is different in the sense that it's we just really stepped into something found something that someone had left in the dustbin of history yeah and it went beyond after he left the bourbon business he started something in new york uh, that commoditized bourbon on wall street from from the early 1900s and wow. you there were bonds on yeah on barrels i mean you could invest in bourbon and people didn't do that for a long time yeah. until recently uh, so he was really ahead of his time and we should go back though a little bit to camp nelson paul can yeah please talk about how important that history is <laughs> paul's been dying to say I mean, something yeah, I y'all tell. Saw glory, right? <laughs> <laughs> no please please tell us about the, the first part of lincoln where camp nelson's mentioned yeah, I mean it's a. It, I grew up in Central Kentucky, and uh, I had never heard about Camp Nelson. You know, it wasn't in our history books. No one ever really talked about it. Yeah. You know, and they say, uh, you know, uh, uh, Kentucky became a, a Confederate state after the war. You know, so like there's this whole, um, there's a whole missing. Uh, a lot of our we have a lot of missing history around here as it relates yeah, to. Yeah, no kidding. Know, uh, the Civil War in particular, it's almost like, you know, we, we learned, you know, Kentucky was neutral, you know, and so, yeah. like, you know, that was about the end of it. Uh, but so here at Camp Nelson, it's one of the largest recruiting sites for black troops during the Civil War. Um, wow. Yeah. I think the second largest in the country. Uh, but who was, out of curiosity, behind whom? Like, if it was the second in the country, who was the first? Well, New Orleans. Actually, really? I think it it might have been in uh, Illinois or, or somewhere. I, I need to. Sure. Yeah. 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 I need yeah. to to find out for sure. I think it's I, I, it's somewhere up a little bit further north. Okay. Uh, Regardless, but, it's fascinating. But, you know, here it is, Kentucky. Uh, you know, one of the largest in the, in the nation. And 
so the people who worked here, including these guys, uh, you know, um, Dwight Aiken from Connecticut, uh, Theron Hall, who was quartermaster at the camp, and of course E.J. Curley, who you know worked on supply lines as well. All these guys working on like in, bringing in grains, sourcing water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know these guys are uh, you know staunch supporters of you know abolition, mm-hmm. and they're working here at the camp. Uh, so uh, right around I think I think it was uh, eighteen. 1864, uh, a lot of the uh, uh, the black soldiers, their families had come with them because they had, you know, they were trying to escape for, uh, slavery. Right. But uh, it was policy within uh, the Union to, you know, if you don't work for the Union, uh, you know, you, you can't stay. And so on a really cold day in 1864, uh, they pushed all these people you know, out of the camp, all these, you know, women and wow. children. Uh, you know, and and many of them, like I think 114 people died uh, from exposure, and you know, in different, you know, from from being um, pushed out. And this guy uh, Hall, Theron Hall, was was he was outraged. He wrote letters to you know newspapers in New York. He was uh, he was you know lobbying uh, politicians in Washington because it didn't make any sense. You want to win this war or not? You right. can't. You know, you, yeah. you can't. You can't destroy. Uh, the thing you know, you're fighting the for. The recruits <laughs> and the morale and also, yeah, the moral yeah. obligation that you have to these people. So it didn't make any sense. And, uh, you know, basically uh, through his actions, you know, it changed union policy. And so now if you if you were, were you know, um, a black soldier, your family was taken care of. And so here at Camp Damn. Nelson, along with um, uh, they, they created a, you know, uh, um, housing and you know, uh, I think uh, like I think maybe 500 acres of gardens for them to you know grow for them to grow crops and all of these things and like it was really really beautiful. After the war, these people got nowhere to go again. Right. And as I mentioned before, Kentucky becomes a little you know um, antagonistic toward uh, you know toward these um, you know black soldiers and their families. Yeah. Where are you going to go? Some people didn't leave at all. Uh, you know and these, uh, so they basically made homes in the community. Other people who didn't leave, Dwight Aiken, Hall, and E.J. Curley, the yeah. guy from Tuam, Ireland, right? Yeah. They stick around. They recognize that this place is special. You know, right on the Kentucky River, the Palisades, you know, cliffs 500 feet up off the water. Right. And you got to imagine what it looked like here. Because oh, a, yeah. a forest oh, was my gosh, yeah. just incredible. Absolutely. And um, this is a high ground. That's why they chose it. <laughs> 4,000 acres as a camp. Yeah, strategic. Yeah. Des- despite the fact, though, that the forestry is not completely intact, this is still a beautiful area. I mean, it, it's there's something about it just being off of, you know, the off the beaten path where you're like, what's going on over there? Yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah. want to go check all that out. And yeah, um, it's, like it, it's just a yeah. beautiful, beautiful area. And and as you're discussing the the history of the the area and Camp Nelson and everything, it it starts to get my brain moving and thinking about the like visitor experiences that people have and like when they go to a distillery or go to a gift shop and something like that. And there aren't a whole lot of places in Kentucky at the very least where you go and you learn about how this brand was built on. And I mean truth be told, there aren't a whole lot that lean into it. Um but built off the backs of people who were alive and fighting for the union <laughs> during the civil war, you know, and, and using that as part of their, their story as part of their history. And 
I, I just find that I find that to be so so interesting and and something that would easily be you know a great selling point too for a visitor center and like and even like a, it becomes like a you know like a like a, the way that people treat civil war forts or you know the lincoln homestead or, or whatever and it's just all tied into like you know it's not just the bourbon and it's not just the civil war history it's everything all together that's right but, you should show them the picture if you have it of uh the workforce yeah like an, an, an integrated workforce at the distillery really so it's like the it's like america's potential yeah and promise is actually alive at this place for this moment in time now i'm not saying it stays this way or you know wow. but look at this picture oh my gosh that's amazing there are the barrels I'm, I'm sorry i'm just kind of in awe with a the amount of people that are working there back then but also yeah the the diversity that's incredible do you mind if I take a picture of it and share it later? That's oh, okay. I can yeah, I can share it with you. I've got it digital. Yeah, sure. That'd be great. That is fascinating to me. I had to pick my my jaw up off the floor <laughs> a little bit there. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, I I, I just want to see it, it it you know I, you can't force it with brands, but just to be able to see more of that in the future and see something more unique from distilleries the way that you know this story is told and i think that you know sitting here and talking with you guys is proof enough that like this story is being well 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 preserved for you know generations to come and everything and and truth be told the product itself <laughs> at least the these single barrels that we've had this is now the second one that we've tried um it, th this is pretty incredible stuff, man. I, I mean, this is a really, really great bourbon that we we've, we've got in front of us right now. Thanks to the um, um, the master blender, Ashley Barnes, who had spent years at Four Roses uh, before that Buffalo Trace, trained under some masters, is uh, the one who deserves credit for identifying, selecting these single barrels at yeah. the at the right moment. Um, and I'm going to open the small batch so you can try that as well. We yeah, probably should have gone the other direction. but nah, That's all right. Yeah. I think we're seasoned enough to where we... <laughs> I'll work my way down. Yeah. <laughs> down in proof. Yeah. Start, start high and make no compromises. <laughs> and it's, the, it's, the, it's sort of the, the calling card of her, of her talent, yeah. which is, is undisputable. Once, you'll try it. I can't wait. I just... There's also something so great to be said about a, a palette that goes in and finds single barrels that just represent what it is that you're looking for and what you're you're trying to go for with you know with moving forward and 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 a big a big thing that people have not exactly poo pooed but you know just you know it, it's just kind of like oh well there's just another brand that's sourcing product but. At the same time, I mean, you're not just sourcing product and slapping a different label on it and saying, here we go. With you, when you've got something like the small batch, you're actually creating something that, you know, you people can look at and everything. So, And with, 
It's Go important. Ahead, yeah. I mean, you can reference uh, right up the hill here, Wild Turkey, and look at the history yeah. of that company. That was a, a non-distiller producer for a long time yeah. before they started making their own juice. Uh, that was how the company was born, and and I don't think I would, I wouldn't turn my nose up at at Wild Turkey and what they've done and some of the, <laughs> the Camp Nelson stuff that they've put oh, out. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Absolutely. Talk about to the the formative ideation of creating like the the small batch and the products and everything. Did you guys have something in mind in terms of like what you wanted the 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 final batch to to taste like or look like or yeah like was it a kind of a group effort as well it was i mean i I think just to ashley's credit she's great at working with uh clients we ended up partnering with um her and and her partner monica wolf and um it's become uh, something bigger than it was at the beginning yeah uh, which was understanding that she was a talent we wanted to work with and she asked us what we liked and we started to describe what we drink um, what we're interested in and and the the four roses single barrels uh, have always stood out to me Um, i like a lot of the buffalo trace products and then as i just you know discovered what what she had done in her career it was a perfect alignment yeah. And so when she put the f- small batch forward, it was really uh, four different proofs. There were there were two that were at 100 and two at 95. And one of the thoughts we had was we wanted to have a bottled and bomb product. So we were really looking to do that. Um, but there were a couple elements that may have been in, in question, whether or not it would have been a true <laughs> bottled and bond. And then uh, the taste was what did it. We, we tried them all, and, and the 195 just stood out to me and i said this is far and away my favorite from these um but what was incredible was how out of the same small batch she was able to produce four different tasting bourbons you would never have guessed that's incredible yeah Yeah, that they were the same thing but she she also admitted that it was her uh, she was favorable to that 95 as well and and we just quickly made the call and said well let's let's go (laughs) full full steam ahead for sure I think, too, one of the we were talking about this before we started recording, but one of the things that also helps you guys stand out at at the onset of everything is just how daggone beautiful this bottle is. That's why I picked it up. Yeah, it was behind the counter at Ernie's in Lexington. That's like my uh, my go to place. So I'm always looking at the back. I'm seeing like, well, what they get in today? And I saw that and I was like, what? I was like, can I see that? And I started looking at it. I was like, the logo looks awesome. The bottle, I love, I love that style of bottle. Like kind of the, the taller wine style. I don't know what, I don't know. I'm not good with words when it comes to bottle shapes, whatever. <laughs> it's a tall bottle. It looks awesome. It's got the, like the kind of the belt looking emblem on the bottom and the curly and cursive, which that reminds me of like an old school, like almost like a sports team looking thing. Kind of, yeah. And that's, that's what's caught my eye. And then it was, I'll say it, it was priced amazingly compared to other things that are single barrels and 120 proof and all that. Yeah. And there's so many new brands that are coming out and just pricing their product absurdly. And it's just like hard to even grasp why. (laughs) Yeah. There's a bit of that. that. There's a bit, I, I think there's a bit of people just trying to treating it like a widget and trying to make money at it yeah of course that's that's the gimmickry that that gets associated with it and 
We wanted it to look good and taste good. That's just a simple philosophy, but that was, yeah, we started there. (laughs) (laughs) And the, the, the signature uh, on the bottle, the, the curly was, it was done by Jason Carney and guided by a fellow named Jeff Ruth. Um, both very talented creatives and uh, the curly was hand drawn. It's not a font. Um, and then he created that font as well with the EJ that looks like a stamp yeah. inside the logo. And so it was modeled after the original curly signature, which was on all the bottles up through the thirties, uh, 15 years after he had died, they were still saying distilled by EJ Crow. It had been, and still had a signature on the bottle. And, right. Yeah. And so I think there was some, I think there is some pixie dust in this brand. Um, it was something that was known. He was the first to use bluegrass in commerce. He made bluegrass rye whiskey and, and bluegrass bourbon. And had a real popular brand as well called Boone's Knoll. And we found advertisements in Sacramento and Manhattan um, wow. across the country. And a, a huge sale of uh, years and years of this production to a group in Chicago for modern-day equivalent of about $19 million. Yeah. It was just... Man. Yeah, the guy really... it's a lot of money now. Distributed a <laughs> ton of bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. He was his prolific bourbon maker. No kidding. So let's let's talk about too uh, what what you guys have in mind for the future, because I'm sure that there's innovation and thought and excitement for you know new products on the horizon as well. And you know, I think you guys would be fine just to stick with the small batch and the single barrel, and you'd be all right <laughs> moving moving on. But yeah, you know what what's what's something that you guys want to see from your brand in the future. Sure, it's a great question, and we sort of let it develop naturally. Uh, we try not to get too heavy into the thoughts of R and D. Um, we, we kind of we created these two because this is what we like. We like having a a small batch. It's a, a super premium bourbon, but at a reasonable price. That's always been the goal: was to have a four in front of it, and we got close. You see it a lot. It's in it's fifty bucks, fifty two, fifty four. Um, and that was really when, when I go out and would buy a bourbon, uh, I love finding Eagle Rare for 30-something yeah, dollars or, or even other things. When I get up in the 60s or 70s, um, I really have to think about if I want this. And I've been burned a few times. And I'm like, I would a waste. <laughs> you know, this is great yeah. for cleaning windows or something, maybe. <laughs> you, know? you have the best-smelling house in the world, though, if you're cleaning your windows with bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Now I am imagining you though putting in one of those like Walmart spray bottles and going around and totally. Man, that's some innovation right there. I think. Was there so you want you wanted to put the story out, but was there some moment or you were drinking on something and you were like, "I'm I want to put my I want to put a product out there. Like I could I could do this better. I could price this better." Or you were just like, "I love bourbon, and I want to." put another good bourbon out there was there something that you know one of those moments or kind of a gradual thing or how did that go no i mean my my moment actually is interesting because i i live um i've got a farm over in germany on the on the southern border of switzerland and germany yeah and so i've spent this is my seventh year over there um and then the last couple of years i've been coming here but what lit the fire was this purity law they have for beer over there, the Reinheitsgebot, 
means you can only make, it's been around since 1516. And Whoa. water, hops, and, and barley are, are beer. Beyond that, yeah. it's not beer, or it's not Reinheitsgebot beer. And then when I started looking into bourbon, um, selfishly more as a, an investment, just like, can I buy barrels and hold them for a number of years? And yeah. um, I had worked financing um, animated films mainly out in L.A. for a long time. And so I had an understanding on how to look at financial modeling and build a business out of yeah. out of something. I've always been entrepreneurial. And so we, we got it. We got to ask. I love anime and anime. I love cartoons and animated <laughs> films. Like, is there, can yeah. you say any of the ones that you worked? With? Yeah, sure. Uh, um, help put the financing together for Igor in 2008. An really? Film. Yeah. Yep. And a couple more than the last one. Uh, was called Rock Dog. Came out in 2017. I don't think I know Rock Dog. That's a great uh, yeah, Lionsgate. Uh, oh, okay. Distributor yeah. on it. Cool. Yeah, Sorry, I interrupted your. Uh, <laughs> I started yeah, thinking of anime both, and we, an, animation. And I'm like, oh, I love that stuff. <laughs> we both heard that and we kind of lit up and <laughs> realized that. But that was yeah. the moment, though. It was the yeah. it was when I when I was looking at bourbon, I discovered the Bottled and Bond Act, and as I started looking through history. And this has happened a lot on this project where I learned, I learned something, but then some months later, it occurs to me how that, how that relates to what we're doing. And, and that was that uh, it was the first Consumer Protection Act in America before food, years before food, was bourbon. And you just can't get, I was looking to do something in America again, work with Americans, and, uh, and I couldn't have found something that suited me better than, than the bourbon space. Yeah. So how'd you, how'd you get Paul into this too? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, did, how did he fool you into <laughs> yeah, exactly. being a part of his scheme? Well, well, we met in college. We both went to Hamden Sydney college in Virginia, but, uh, most recently I run a business called run a business called teach outside and we work, okay. uh, mostly to design and co-design outdoor classroom spaces. Oh, that's so cool. And um, (laughs) I just, I walked out here with, uh, you know, Matt invited me out to see, you know, this project he's working on, you know, and uh, I fell in love with the place first, right? Because it's ridiculous, beautiful, you know, biodiverse, you know, know, gorgeous. And and then, of course, the story. When I got into the story, and that's my thing, you know, it's connecting people and ecology and you know and just like the the, just the place the whole place together so i was like how can i how can i help you and how can i be a part of it yeah become a part of this history really and that's what i one of the things i like about this is ej curly and company yeah so i want to be a part of the company you know absolutely one of the uh one of the troops i i apologize when you said that you you were developing outdoor classroom spaces i giggled a little bit but the reason was because i thought of you know growing up and we're always like asking our teachers can we go have class outside yeah, <laughs> and like i, I never out- wanted to be inside with the outdoor yeah. learning spaces like that completely eliminates that <laughs> that question that kids would go and ask their teachers about and i just i love that though that's so interesting that you're, you're building specifically places for for kids to to learn i mean not just about you know the world around them but you know how they fit into it 
as well too that just sounds awesome <laughs> i yeah, love that i do too matt's coming back around with some fresh glasses oh, yeah. for the uh the small batch he knows now what as well. doing. yeah i don't want to confuse the palate mm. give these guys a little spoon or something yeah. <laughs> pardon the neck for oh it's all right I, I I remember reading something. Neck pour is the best pour. <laughs> what? That I don't know. There's something about that that sounds sexual. Could be, but I mean, <laughs> it's the best pour because he literally opened it for us, and we got the first pour out of this bottle. I I but I read something recently where somebody said that a, a neck pour is not a thing because yeah. Yeah. every like it's supposed to be made to be consistent throughout the entire bottle. But the thing is like. It does open up, like <laughs> it does open up. It kind of yeah. changes similar to wine, I think, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because I've had a glass, um, especially a single barrel, mm -hmm. later on down at the bottom, and and they tend to be, or maybe it's because you're savoring the last bit of it, but they tend to be fantastic, right? The the logo looks so good on the Glencairns too. Yeah, man, everything you. about Charles branding is just spectacular. Yeah, those guys. They really killed it in terms of design. And it harkens back. Curly had come from Tuam, Ireland. That's where he was born. His family came over during the, the famine, the potato famine, and landed in Massachusetts. And then he had volunteered for the Massachusetts Cavalry, and that's how he ended up at Camp Nelson. So it was, it was a lot of kismet in this brand, those guys coming together, being abolitionists, getting stationed at the, the largest uh, Union stronghold south of the Ohio. Um, a guy named Fee, was it John Fee? John Fee. Reverend, yeah, John Fee. From he was, the guys who started oh, wow. Right. Okay. Korea College. Oh, yeah. gotcha. And he was here pushing, um, early on and it was just, he was a, he was a couple years ahead of, and, and he pretty much got run out on a rail out of Kentucky and, and he think he fled to Ohio and then came back, uh, as emancipation was about to happen. Wow. This then, is, uh, this small batch is dangerous <laughs> i was just thinking that it yeah. is it is uh, so infinitely drinkable uh, I, I mean <laughs> i think you and i had the same reaction that I, this as soon as i smelled it i was like i could just like i mean it would be bad <laughs> i would not it would not last long and i would feel very bad the next morning but i would feel really good that night while it was going down yeah i i imagine that when I'm probably going to cut this out, but I imagine that when we're putting the rest of the episode together, we'll probably do a full review of the, uh, yeah. of the small batch as well. Yeah. Cause I like just enjoying this cause this is just, I don't know. I always, I always get like, I always get like snack cake notes. Like yeah. that's my thing. Yeah. And this is like a, uh, a little Debbie, like a, a raisin cream pie. Like it's like yeah. there's a little bit of raisin, but then there's just this vanilla filling and this like cake that, and that's the, that's the like just pops up in my head right there. So that's my initial thoughts on this and I could just crush it. Yeah. And speaking of the, you know, how, how a bourbon can evolve that small batch really does. Yeah. You'll really get different things throughout, um, when you go through a bottle of it, Man. but that's they, what we were looking for. We we're looking for something yeah. that, you know, going back into the history of this and, and the, the integrated workforce, employing um, the first freemen in Kentucky immediately following the war, um, 
Curley's willingness to stand in the face of a place that was really looking back toward the Confederacy more so than yeah. stepping forward. Um, and that took years to, um, to write itself. Well, I think it's a good message to be sent to by the, the bourbon industry. Um, and, and one that we've certainly talked about recently, and I think it's an ongoing conversation too about inclusivity within, within bourbon. And despite the fact that, yeah, we, we are a very accepting, I, I would say generally a very accepting group of people, there is still a lot of work to be done. And I mean, that's not just with bourbon, that's <laughs> across the board with, yeah. you know, just human relations. But it's just hearing the, the history of this man in a time where truly his views were not <laughs> the most popular in this area. Yeah, he was a boat rocker. You know? <laughs> he held a, a Presbyterian revival in the malt room of the distillery at one point in the late 1800s. I think the, that should be a special release, uh, the boat the rocker. The boat rocker? I love it. Yes. It's like a quarterly release. Yeah, of... Or it's just like one single barrel. You picked it and you're like, this is the boat rocker right here. Like, so I like he, that. Uh, you could even send it up and down the Kentucky <laughs> for a month just yeah. to <laughs> the showboat the showboat <laughs> yeah paul talk about the showboat oh is That's... there something that we kind of touched on here oh, there's, there's a showboat uh it's really? not it's not me uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're finding out about all the secrets yeah. you got a mascot already planned for the uh <laughs> the distillery so it's curly, but it's also just this community that sticks around yeah. generation after generation, all of them working in the uh, bourbon business, you know, and, and uh, one of the things that was going on, you know, uh, the distillery becomes this venue for you know, music, which is coming out of the area. And there's a lot of yeah. just really amazing, the music scene coming out of the uh, Camp Nelson area is just, it's just phenomenal. And there's also once a year, this showboat that comes down and sort of parks itself along the on the Kentucky River and a whole community, black and white, come down through the Palisades. The Palisades actually become seats. People are wow. watching this and there's live entertainment, musicians. And I'm imagining vaudeville. I don't know how much of sure, this is yeah. imagination and how much how much of it is real. <laughs> but you know, I was I was telling, you know, Matt here, bring back the showboat. I really would want to like to see that, especially if it were, you know, is a that, once. Is that your visitor sir? You've got it's, just a, it's, it's a, a houseboat. Boat. Yeah, it's just on a boat. <laughs> just, on a boat. On a boat. That's not been done yet. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, the tasting room. I, I also do really like the idea of a like a gorilla style. Just like visitor center, but it's at the very back of Camp Nelson, but you're not telling Wild Turkey about it. And <laughs> you just got a little shack built up or a tent or something. I don't know why that, that struck me as funny. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, we are. I think that's what, what we're shooting for is to have a, uh, to get the property open to the public as quickly as we can. Yeah. Um, and it takes a long time for the, for the wheels of government to turn uh, just to get the, um, approval to have a distillery yeah, here in Jessamine County. We're the, we're the first since, um, yeah. since Curly, basically. Yeah. It became the Kentucky River Distillery following that. But once it closed down in the 60s, there was nothing in this county. And it was dry up until about a year ago. Yeah. 
And so we, there, when we went to get the approval for the distillery, we discovered there was no ordinance. So we had to, had to start there. And, there you go. And we just got it in February, the approval to, to be able to do this. And we do have um, a massive aquifer that comes exclusively to us and, and a couple of neighbors down there, um, the, this incredibly pristine water. And they described that um, in some of the ads that we found in Sacramento in the late 1800s or, or uh, 1870s about how the, um, the water was of a peculiar nature, came out of a, a cliffside spring high above the Kentucky River. And I was like, what kind of bullshit marketing is this from, <laughs> you know, from the late 1800s? What are we doing here? <laughs> but I, you know, we'd been around the property for a number of months and, um, and a fellow that lives down there said, have you seen the cistern on the side of the mountain? Oh, man. On Boone's Knoll. And I said, no. And, and Paul and another friend, um, we, we went up there and hiked around. We were probably up there 30 minutes or so. And I was like, well, I guess forget it. We're not going to find it. You know, this thing's buried and gone. And, and then he kind of looked at the hillside. And I was like, wait a minute. It's an anomaly here. What is this? And it's literally this awesome, beautiful limestone domed cistern that they built in the 1800s to capture the water there. And that's what they were talking about. That's where the spring came out at the top of Boone's Knoll. When that's they built the amazing. highway, closed, the, changed the road and everything, uh, and destroyed a national landmark cutting through Boone's Knoll to put in the, the overpass in, uh, I think it was 71, they determined that whenever there's a well like that that's worth saving, it's a high-producing well, um, they put in a tunnel into Boone's Knoll and a, and a, and a uh, pump and everything, so it, it pulls now from the actual aquifer. Uh, wow. Once upon a time, yeah, that's why Curly built the distillery there, because the water was running right out of the top, and I'm sure it was incredible. It still is. <laughs> Limestone water, right? It's right. beautiful. There's, yeah. something, there's something to it. Yeah. Something in that Absolutely. water. Are you, are you guys looking towards potentially distilling your own product as well in the future? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We'd like to build production, but uh, just to be environmentally sound, we're looking at that location more as a, a park-like atmosphere for tours, tastings, uh, to appreciate the flora and fauna and, yeah. and of this area. Um, and then we'll look up the hill here uh, off the river to build production, pretty good production capacity uh, to support the brand. And it's, it's already begun. You know, we were looking at launching this in a couple of states to begin. And once we evaluated it and talked with... Um, wholesalers in other states um they advised us you know friendly they were like you guys should really go out in kentucky this is a, a heritage kentucky yeah. bourbon distillery and if you own home first you know you're going to do much better coming up to new york or chicago or any of these other places yeah. because people already have heard about it they're trying to get it and be asking about it and that's what we want um in a selfish way um and so we you know, we were we were looking for, hey, how do we create a product that that's worthy of that, that justifies it, and doesn't yeah. tie, you know, some famous name to it. If if someone gets associated with it, that'd be great. Uh, but we don't sure. want we don't want that to be the thing that leads the brand. You know, the brand yeah. is led by by look good, taste good. So. Well, I think I speak for the both of us when I say. We're really excited to see where you guys are going in the future, and yeah. I think it's just... I just gave a thumbs up on a audio. <laughs> audio so. 
Dude, the number of times that I've done that over the past four years, too. I always though, do it's, that. It's ridiculous. But no, great I, stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. We're, we're just so happy to be a part of, you know, getting to see you guys grow. And um, especially with product as, as fantastic as this. And it's going to be a lot of fun seeing Curly blow up. Oh, I'm going to be pairing a lot of snack cakes with <laughs> both of this. Small batch and single barrel. Let's get a moon pie in there. It's No doubt. That single barrel that you poured right there? Oh, yeah. And people can find you all on Instagram where? Yeah, EJ Curly Co. Oh, that reminds me. I was in Disney, and I posted a picture in Germany of me drinking a beer. And <laughs> we had just become Instagram friends. And he's like, I'm in Germany. And I was like, what? <laughs> And then I was like, oh, the real Germany. Okay, okay. Yeah, you're, you're in Disney Germany. Yeah, so that just reminded me of that whenever you said that. Regardless, Matt, Paul, thank you guys so much. Our pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Is, uh, is this in anywhere else other than Kentucky right now? Oh, good question. I forgot about that. Yeah, stores? Uh, yeah, as far as states. Like, yeah, no, the, just, just Kentucky just right Kentucky. now. It's okay. exclusive to Kentucky, and, mm. and we'll keep it like that for a minute. Okay. But uh, it's available. You know, right up outside of Cincinnati, uh, and now we're moving, moving out west as well with it. Uh, but just started here, in the usual places. Okay. Um, so y'all, find it more y'all gotta come here if you're listening. We've you had gotta several. Come we here. have a lot of people asking about it that yeah. are in like our surrounding states and stuff. So that I, I kind of thought we should ask that too. So yeah, yeah, we'll get into um, being able to uh, ship it as well uh, when it's legally Good. permissible yeah. to do so. Yeah, we're setting all that up, uh, but. Um, we, we really, you know, we see this as a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint for us. Oh, the for brand sure. is something special. Um, and, you know, when you look at reviving something uh, that was real and can be real again, and, and uh, it's, it's pertinent. Like right now, this, this is a conversation we should be having. And this is a brand that can display the best of intentions of, of someone who was a, an immigrant, came over and, and led the way. By example, we yeah. quietly led the way, obviously, because no one snatched this up. Uh, it laid there for 50 years of sleep. And if you look at when it ended in 1919, a lot longer than that, 100 years of sleep. I think, so. it's, I think it's best that Heaven Hill didn't buy up this particular brand and that you guys actually put your, your stamp on it. So with that being said, I think we're going to have a couple more chats and yeah. We're going to talk about the boat rocker coming out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Guys, thank you again. <laughs> yep, thanks. Thank you. Eric, we got to review this EJ Curly small batch. The, uh, we just talked about it. We did. This is the exact bottle that they gave us. They, they were is. generous enough to just send us home with this. I can't use that glass that I had. Why? Mountain Dew in. It's not Mountain Dew. It's, it's Mountain Dew Flaming Hot. It's Mountain Dew. You want any more of this? Mountain Dew. If they you had think a, I'm sexy. If they had a zero version of this, I may buy a lot more. You mean like a like a sugar free? Yeah. There's no way I could just keep drinking all pounding all those. Like no way. So tell us about this EJ Curly small batch. Mm. Well, I mean like the stats on the bottle. Oh. <laughs> so. This is the small batch. We've talked about the single barrel before. We did a uh, and there we are, do a flying blind on that one. Yeah, and there are a lot of single barrels out there. Yeah, we've got like several different numbers now. 
Like yeah. we're checking the back to see the different ones. This one that's sitting right next to me is twenty seven. Yeah. And you just found what, thirty five? Thirty thirty? Yeah. Thirty, yeah. Um I'm so impressed with their, their single barrels. But their small batch is yes. actually a, a product crafted for them. Yeah. Distilled and bottled in Kentucky. It's forty seven point five percent. It's the small batch, and from what we can tell, it's a pretty small batch. Yeah. Um, we also don't know where this is from. We don't, and they're very, they're very. Um, that's part of their thing. They want to, yeah. They want you to enjoy what's in the bottle instead of worrying about where it's from, and I can respect that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then who? Sorry. Who was it that helped blend this and pick? Who helps pick the single barrels? And she used to work. It's in the interview that we did. Ashley Barnes. Yes, that's it. There we go. I mean, this is just—it's just solid. Does not smell like Mountain Dew. All I can smell is Mountain Dew right now. For real? Yeah. I don't mind that though. A nosing (laughs) note of Mountain Dew. It's weird. It's very berry forward. Oh, very. I mean, it's it's a sweeter flavor profile. It's almost like a, a cereal berry. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, yeah, like a Cap'n Crunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sugary. Yep, very sugary. But, I, like, the, the more I kind of dig into it, the more I'm starting to go, it's actually, like, more, you know, traditionally bourbon. Yeah. It's a very good on the, blend. On the nose. It it's seriously like I'm getting like Captain Crunch, like mixed with like the the berries and the normal like the corn cereal, but then you got the berries on it too. It's kind of all blended in together. I could crush this bottle. Yeah, that's the thing is that these this small batch is so approachable, mm-hmm. and it's such an easy drinker. And I still feel like. It, it could hold up incredibly well in cocktails. Yeah. I think that if if we're thinking about, man, the, the way that it would complement an old-fashioned. I mean, th- this is, like, built to be flexible. And it, it's it's a gorgeous bottle. Yeah, I love the label. Um, dis- Despite the fact that it is essentially the E.H. Taylor bottle. I mean, they they are not dissimilar. Kentucky Owl. Kentucky Owl, too, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think that if you take that blank canvas and you find a way to work with it, uh, they, they did a spectacular yeah. job. Um, I could use a little bit more of the finish, just uh, ever so slightly. Yeah, I think that's the proof yeah. on it. Oh, no, I totally, I totally agree. But even if you're, you know, blending older product into it, you're still going to get more of a more of a finish, excuse yeah. me, if you uh, have it at even even at a lower proof. There's a little bit of raisin on the end too. It's like a a little bit, kind of raisin, like raisin, raisin vanilla, yeah, like a cake. Yeah, but very berry up front. Captain Crunch cereal it and then some so, raisin at the end. It is so dangerous. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just one of the easiest drinkers mm-hmm. in the world. I love this. I really yeah. do. I, I think it's great. I, it's as far as new small batch products go. I think this is one of the best ones that we've had over the past few years. Yep. The only thing 
that is kind of to its detriment is that it's Kentucky only right now. So you you do have to come to Kentucky to to find it. Eventually, they will be able to ship. Um, I think they said that in the interview. I thought they were they were working on that. Yeah. Um, but the good news is, I mean, it, it's it's here. We know where it is. We know the guys. We can, it, you know. Good price too. Yeah. I mean, this is thirty dollars, thirty five dollars, thirty to forty, depending on where you're at. I yeah. believe. So. I mean, it's. It's just good. Yeah. I, I think it 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 kind of falls under that same category that the new uh, Green River does for me, where it's just a really really solid daily drinker. It is um, nothing like overly flashy or fancy. It just knows what it's about. It's trying to show that they are worth their weight and they should be respected. So with with all that in mind. Uh, nose palette finish and price is our review system. Each category is out of five, and then we total it up for a score out of 20. And if you want to go and do some extra math, multiply that by five, yeah. because that's going to be the score out of 100. This uh, I was looking at the screenshot I took at Kroger. It was $44, so 40 to 50 But I, I feel guess. like we've seen it for, like, 35 Yeah, I think so. Let's so. go for 35 Okay. Um. So... Nose. Three point five. It smells like I'm on board with that. Cereal berries. Yeah. I'm on board with that. It's unique. It's really, really different. It doesn't like I, I wanna and because, you know, Ashley was working with Jim Rutledge at Four Roses, part of me goes, I want it to be colored a little bit as a Four Roses product. But yeah. the the thing is we don't know where this is from. True. So it's it's impossible to really be like, because I mean there have been times where we've been like, oh it reminds me of Turkey, it reminds me of Heaven Hill, mm-hmm. it reminds me of Four Roses, but it, I mean out of the three of those, it's been confirmed that it's not Heaven Hill. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, three point five. Yeah, for sure. Palette. I'm actually gonna go the same. Three point five. Yeah, I think so it's uh, I think it's a solid sipper. I mean. I think the single barrel kind of steps it up a little bit, but as far as a small batch mm, product, mm-hmm. 3.5 for me as well. Because it's just above a, you know, a three to me is right in the middle. Yeah. And 3.5 puts it up a little bit more. Uh, finish is the only thing, like I said before, that I'm wanting a little bit more on. Uh, I'm actually going to give it a two. I gave it a 2.5. Yeah. It's just, we we drink higher proof. Yeah. And I think that's just kind of where we're we're at mentally with everything. But still, I, I mean, it's it's not bad no, overall. No, it's just you know uh, that particular aspect of it I would like more of. Um, yes, they did give us this bottle for free. No, they did not tell us, so we had to give them a good review. <laughs> they were just nice enough to say, "Hey, take this with you." We will, yeah. And and I mean, I think that's. We have always been this way with bottles that have been provided to us for review or reflection or whatever. Um, we will always be honest about it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I honestly don't know of one time where we've been talking it up despite the fact that, you know, we don't like it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's definitely something that I would recommend people pick up, yeah. uh, especially at $35. The price is in, in this market. Um, is really approachable for introductory whiskeys. 
Uh, I'm going to give the price of four only because there are a couple other products that I would probably pick up beforehand. Um, but that's only based on availability. I don't have any problem with seeing this and going, I, I'm out of Curly. I need to grab a bottle of yeah. Curly. I, would, uh, I th- would pick this up all day, 35 to $45. This, this is absolutely a product that's going to be on my bar cart, in, in my bar, on my, my cabinet. Um, it's the cat in the The cat's in the shot. Yeah, <laughs> Verlios, you're in the shot, buddy. He's okay. He's a go Um But yeah, 13.5 was my score. Yeah, uh, I think I had thirteen. Thirteen, yeah. So, I'll uh, I'll I'll take that. I, that's, you know, as far as we go, that's a recommend mm-hmm. for me. Oh yeah. So, uh, if you're in Kentucky and you can find it, I uh, grab a bottle. Even if you can't find it, I mean, there's a meetup coming up. You can grab it. Oh yeah, the meetup for sure. <laughs> He's just hanging out over there. He's just having a good time. How about some tips and bits, Eric? Tips and bits. What do you have to recommend to these fine, fine listeners? Um, let's see. I'm getting uh, also sorry. I'm like burping up the Mountain Dew, and <laughs> I, and, and I, it it becomes like a tropical drink somehow. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like it 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 in <laughs> in some ways it's refreshing, but other times I'm like that's flaming hot juice. You want some more? No. Tips and bits. <laughs> Flaming hot <laughs> Mountain Dew. <laughs> that was beautiful. That was a beautiful oh, transition. Um, no, I Master be, of segues here. <laughs> I've been getting ready for uh, the Kenobi premiere, so I've been uh, re-watching some Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, I've said this on the podcast before. Uh, Thank the Maker podcast is a great Star Wars podcast. It's um do you think do you think we can get them on? I wish. They're like members of all my some of my favorite bands growing up, like Bayside, Yellow Card, yeah. Story of the Year, and they do nothing but Star Wars and they are reviewing the Clone Wars right now. I so. do love Yellow Card. Yeah. Like genuinely they're one of the few yeah. like pop the lead punk bands is that... on it. Yeah. Really? That's yeah. who that is. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, if you want a good Star Wars podcast, do that. But they are getting ready for Kenobi as well. So, they're reviewing uh, Clone Wars. And, no, sorry. They're reviewing Rebels. And they go through oh, awesome. each, each Rebel season. So, if you haven't seen it, they say which which episodes you can skip, which ones to go ahead and watch and all that. Nice. So, it's really good. Uh, thank the Maker Podcast. Um, and then I watched uh, also Star Wars, uh, The Gallery for um, Book of Boba Fett. Fett. Yeah. Uh, just just watching them use that volume studio where they have like the LEDs everywhere and like it's just amazing. It's amazing to see the stuff they put together for that show. The Rancor was they built his head and his shoulders as like a actual prop. And then they would so CGI they, they, the body. That's awesome. Yeah. Good. And they, and they would put the volume, they would put the background on the volume, and Boba Fett was on that section I, of it. I, th- I think that in, in modern times, where Star Wars has been the most successful is when you feel like everything that is on the screen actually exists. Yeah. And it, it's not to say that a, a good majority of the CGI hasn't worked. 
but when it really works, you stop feeling like you're watching the a three D created. Yeah, <laughs> and and they had Mark Hamill on set for that, which I thought he said he wasn't on set for that. They show it, and they filmed him doing the scene, and they did the other guy, the other too. guy, and then yeah. they would blend them together, and that guy would learn how Mark Hamill would do it, and he would act based I on can't that. Get over the fact. That we are in an era where we can have more Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And you see Mark Hamill, how invested he is in that character. And it's just amazing to well, it's see. His, how... it, it's his life. Yeah. I mean, that that was... And he's, what... he's like, talking to Baby Yoda and stuff. Then it, it cut to, like, the actor, the I, uh, stunt actor doing it. I was watching the uh, the behind-the-scenes video that uh, Vanity Fair put up for their, their Star Wars issue. And Dave Filoni was on set, and he was carrying around... Grogu, yeah, and he's Grogu's moving around and everything like he's so actually good. real. There's something so fascinating, and, and like that—that that is another thing as well. If they had animated Grogu, Baby Yoda, it wouldn't have had the same effect. No, but it's the fact that it looks like something that you can actually go and. There's like two or three people controlling him. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. The the video I think I might have talked about this on the podcast before, but the video of Grogu like dancing along to uh who is the it it's the director of an episode or something. Robert Rodriguez. Is it Robert Rodriguez? Yeah, he's okay. playing the guitar. Yeah. And Grogu's just sitting there and like bobbing his head back and forth and at one point he goes <laughs> <laughs> It's just good, man. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's great. Like I, I enjoy the heck out of out of that. But um yeah, I'm so amped up for for Kenobi. Um, Still haven't watched the trailer. I'll be honest with you, I don't know what's gonna happen in the show. Like, I know that of course he's probably gonna come face to face with Darth Vader yeah. and in that, but I don't know. This is one of the few things that I feel like having watched the trailer for. You still I, don't really know. Yeah, I don't. I don't really fully know what's what's gonna happen. Um, not saying that you need to go and watch it or I'm anything, not. but I, for for me, at the very least, the trailer has gotten me more excited. The trailers, excuse me, because as we predicted, we did get a new Kenobi trailer on May the fourth. I saw that. Yeah, I didn't see it. I saw that it was released. There, there are like two shots in it, two or three shots that just made me go, <laughs> just get excited. Just ready for it, man. I, I, I'm, you know what? The only unfortunate thing about this meetup is that those episodes, the first two episodes, are going to be out the Friday. That I have to get up super early that morning and watch them. I got to watch them with Lucy, so I'm not going to be able to. <laughs> it's going to be like the end of the weekend, beginning of the week after that. I'm going to be able to watch it. Maybe so. I'll wait for you then. I will. That's, that's the second person in my life that said that. I'll do that. Okay. Well, I've been watching a lot of Teletubbies. <laughs> that's what I... And wrap up the show. <laughs> that's this, just what... The, I, like, I, I don't really have anything else that I've been watching. Um, I got back into... Uh, there's a YouTuber. His name's Jordan Fringe. Uh, he does a lot of... I mean, really not a lot of, like, mostly... 90s and early 2000s uh, cartoons 
from like Nickelodeon and um I sent you a video yeah from him I he, need to watch that, that that Doug video um he's really really good he's really fascinating um his intake er, excuse me insight and everything is just very clear I mean he he doesn't go a long way to be overly critical or it's it's just all very like fact of the matter like this is the way that things were but then he also is like this is how there's a personal side to it as well where he's like this is how i felt about the things that were going on uh at the time and everything and and how it still resonates with me and everything um he's really really good he just does very interesting youtube videos yeah i other otherwise man <laughs> I don't got much. Kid stuff, baby. I'm watching so much Teletubbies. I want to stop. I don't <laughs> want to watch any more Teletubbies. But it was it's mostly my fault. Anyway, <laughs> that does it for this week's episode. Guys, thank you so much for listening and watching the podcast, if that's uh, what you're doing right now. Eric. Hi. Hi. Hey, buddy. Hi. Uh, tell, tell people about the things. The things. All the things about the podcast. Main thing, eventbrite.com. This is my bourbon podcast. Yes. Live show tickets, 25 bucks. You get a sample of the pick we did. You get a free cocktail. We're going to have a little bit of food. And you get to hang out and watch us do a live show. So, Eventbrite, check that out. Um, if you want to become a patron of the show, my bourbon pod on Patreon. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month. You... My Bourbon Podcast. Is it My Bourbon Podcast? Yeah. It is My Bourbon Podcast. I should probably change it to My Bourbon Pod. I feel like because I always get it mixed up with all the yeah. socials. Well, it's not just that. It's consistency. Yeah. For everybody else. Anyway, you know the Patreon. <laughs> we say it all the time. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help the show. And at $5, you get all the uncut stuff. All the extra bonus episodes. Um, if you want to join the Facebook group, it's uh, This Is My Bourbon Podcast Facebook group. Uh, if you want to send an email to us, if you want to send us a sample, ask us to do a review, ask us to do a pairing. This is my bourbon shop at gmail.com. And you can check out all the merch we got at threadless.com. Uh, bourbonshop.threadless.com. Uh, Perry just put out the um, This Is My Bourbon Weekend uh, exclusive shirt for that, so you can order that. And the good thing about that shirt, too, is that it's not just for this particular weekend. No, you can use it every weekend. That's that's the... Well, yes, but I mean, like, for every for weekend, every from meetup, now until then. But every meetup that we have. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess it. you could just use it for, like... You could wear it hey, during the week it's, if you This is to. my bourbon weekend. You're yeah. just hanging out on the weekend. You're like... You could wear it on Monday if you wanted to. I'm just trying to drink bourbon on the yeah. weekend. Yeah, You're like... It's not okay, even bro. the weekend. It's Wednesday. Well, that doesn't matter. Um, uh, if you want some Whiskey Mutant merch, it's whiskeymutant at shopify.com. Uh, if you want to leave a barrel rings, that's the voicemail segment we have where you leave a voicemail and we respond to you. 859-428-8253. Then on all social media at my bourbon pod or at whiskey mutant um check us out there and if you want to just tell people about us just tell people about us tell them just let them know and then leave a review on uh, spotify or apple and perry said we have one we got a new review this week it's from kilgoth kilgoth is that whiskey whiskey morg i don't think so i think he would be whiskey morg 
This is Kilgoth. This is Kilgoth, though. He killed Goth. He destroyed it. Yeah. There's a reason I, I remember, there's no I remember that goth news kids story. dancing under bridges right now. I remember that news story. Yeah. I think I saw him in Total Wine the other day, too. It was pretty heartbreaking. Getting uh, some um, bush light. There's a lot of... And some wild turkey 101. There's a lot of bush light out there right yeah. now. Uh, well, Kilgoth says... I was a long-time listener before I decided to rate. I don't think I've ever actually rated a podcast before. I really like these guys, and they have a way of making you feel included in their big bourbon nerd family. Oh, sorry. This was also called Fun Bourbon Nerds. That was the title for this review. Okay, Fun Bourbon Nerds. It's not just whiskey talk either. You get to hear about new shows slash movies, snacks, and even stuff to do with the family. Plus, if you're starting your venture into the whiskey world, you can trust their judgment and tasting notes on different offerings to lead you to tasty bottles and away from wastes of money. That's pretty much this whole episode that we just did. That's exactly what we just did. So that's like the encapsulation of everything that we do. Kilgoth, keep doing your thing. And also, keep listening to the show. Keep telling your friends about it. Uh, we'll be back next week. I don't know what next week is going to be right now or what it's going to look like. Uh, but next week is also the live show and the meetup. And we've got so much stuff. Shit to do. we got so much stuff to do. Regardless, thank you guys so much for listening, as always, and watching now, too. We'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Perry. I'm Eric. And this is my bourbon podcast. Podcast.